they gave to words that were used by others in a different sense. Also, I must think and feel as they did. This takes time and a large amount of common hardship. I can remember sitting by a muddy pool in which the horses and men had been bathing and from which I had just drawn a kerosene tin full of drinking water. I was reading a letter in which friends told me of a very good white wine they had drunk with ice. Ice? at a fashionable hotel. It made me smile ironically to think that for the price of those drinks, my companions on the track could live for a week. Laughter is one of the goods that are never rationed. Indeed, among primitive people, laughter is the great protection. A famous Arctic explorer told how the Eskimos, among whom he was living, were so exhausted by a seal hunt that when they had drawn up their catch on an ice floe, They all went to sleep. While they slept, the ice floe broke away, taking their food supply with it. The cream of the jest was, and they rocked with laughter as they related it, that the polar bears would be so glutted with the slaughtered seals they would not come ashore, and so the villagers would lose that food source also. Think of it. The polar bears too. They had to laugh. A civilised man would not see anything funny in such a situation. But then a civilised man has other defences against lack besides the ability to go hungry and grin about it. If there is one thing I regret about the long journeys I took along the track to live with the battlers is that I did not ever come to terms with the horse that drew my van. I had never driven a horse before, and that jib mare and I regarded each other with mutual suspicion. It was not till long after that horse and I had parted forever that I learned to know how horses think and feel, or to come to any sympathy with them. The horse was to me a burden of responsibility. I had to hobble it, feed it, track it when it wandered. After driving a car, I was impatient with a living creature in place of a machine— Even its harness was complicated and strange. The horse knew of my unhandiness and took constant advantage of this, nearly succeeding in maiming me on several occasions. After a long variance, I came to a town where I bestowed the mare in a safe stable. An old drover showed me a knot which he maintained would hold any horse securely. Alas, in my impatience and incompetence, I strangled a horse tying it with the new knot. My version of the knot turned out to be a slipknot, and the poor mare, alone and frightened, pulled on it ever tighter and tighter until she died. To have murdered a horse by ignorance and lack of skill is a painful matter, even when the horse is by no means beloved. I am sorry for it, and have continued to be sorry for it for many years. When I hear of others who have committed nameless crimes, I remind myself that probably a good deal of ignorance and callousness were to blame, as in my own case. There is, however, less excuse for strangling a fellow creature in mere hastiness and bungling than for other deeds. I would proffer that many horses are natural suicides, and even the best of them neurotic and self-centred. Although I have had enforced association with other horses— Finding many of them gentle and affectionate, I have always regarded them with some reserve. The code of the travellers, 
with whom I worked and camped was not my code of behaviour. I do not believe, for instance, it is salutary to take a whip to your wife, although this was a behaviour which was spoken of in certain cases with approval. Nor did I regard fistfights between drunks as a social diversion. If I had my reservations about my comrades, they always treated me with the kindliness and gentleness the best people show a helpless idiot. I aroused in them both pity and bewilderment, and this worked very much to my advantage. Those who are accustomed to a position of bitter inferiority come fresh to the pleasures of philanthropy. At stealing sheep I was a hopeless failure, making far too much noise, but I continued to enjoy my share of the fresh mutton. Whatever was looted in our passage, my share, although I had done nothing, was placed aside because I was one of the mob. I shared with them what I had.